And a lot of the students have been really invested in the project that we're working on, really eager to learn about entrepreneurship and really eager to learn what it means to create impact and design a product, design an idea that's meaningful for a lot of people. This is another in the series of Never Too Young to Lead. Presently, Henry Greenberg is a young member of our community bringing concepts of entrepreneurship to local elementary school students. I sat down with, to speak with him in December. Since then, he has helped lead a design thinking workshop for Generation Z students on actionable climate crisis solutions under the umbrella of the Halton Environmental Network. Come, sit down and listen in to our conversation. Uh, this is Karina D'Souza, and this is an, another episode of Tilt the Future, a podcast about the future of work. And today I have as my guest, Henry Greenberg. Henry is a, is started an educational program called SOAR. And uh, as I had the opportunity to chat to him recently, it occurred to me that he'd make a fantastic guest on the podcast for a whole host of wonderful reasons that you will discover as we launch on our little conversation. So, Henry, welcome. What possessed you to come up with this idea, which is, I think, incredible? Um, what are the roots? What is, uh, what is the theme behind creating this program? So Source started as part of DECA Ontario in the entrepreneurship promotion category. And I was tasked with developing a plan to promote entrepreneurship to the community and was very open-ended and very kind of very vague instructions just had to promote entrepreneurship to the community and so i've always been someone who's interested in education and interested in entrepreneurship and learning and learning and entrepreneurship and the school system in particular so i thought that implementing an entrepreneurship education program in schools would be natural fit with my talents and my interests and so that's how i developed the outline of soar i started by consulting with a lot of friends and acquaintances and mentors and educators from around the world actually on what an entrepreneurship curriculum should look like then when I had that set in place, I, I started building a curriculum for SOAR, um, developing what the program should look like. Then almost a few, maybe a month later, I jumped right in and ran the first pilot program of SOAR at an elementary school in Oakville, where I live. And then fast forward a few months with DECA, I won the category. I realized that there was a lot of for SOAR, a lot of value in the idea. Mm -hmm. So in the summer, I got more curriculum written and more programs developed. It started, started as kind of a one-off project and grew and grew into something that's much more valuable and it's still growing, still a very small organization. But I'm confident that it's going to keep growing as the school year runs through and into the future. Well, what I like about it, it might be small, but it seems to be very influential and very impactful as well. And yeah, um, exactly. 
uh, an impact, I think, is uh, is a crucial part when you're trying to create education systems for young mm-hmm. people. Now, when you say mm-hmm. young, you're actually attempting to offer elementary school students, mm-hmm. as you were saying, this idea, mm-hmm. this exposure to the concept of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And how do they take to it? So I've I have been working with elementary school students, particularly grade seven and eight, so mm-hmm. the intermediate division. It's been interesting tailoring an entrepreneurship program to elementary students, particularly because most programs that are similar are usually for high school students. So I thought it would be really important to have something for more elementary students. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer your question, how do they take to it? It's different for every student, um, what their interests are, how they see entrepreneurship being relevant to their life. But the group that I've been working with for the past five weeks is a great, amazing group of grade seven students in Oakville. And a lot of the students have been really invested in the project that we're working on, really eager to learn about entrepreneurship and really eager to learn what it means to create impact and design a product, design an idea that's meaningful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so when I do my work, I try to connect with at least one student and get one student excited and engaged about the work that I'm doing. Um, I know obviously it will be hard to reach every single student and I'm not expecting to, but if I get just one student excited and engaged then i'll be i'm happy with that and that's that's what i've experienced in my my latest program is that a lot of the students have been really really energetic about it and working on the task on the weekends and working on it after school so that that shows that it's meaning something yeah so as you know when i talk about the future of work um Mm -hmm. eq skills are top of mind to me because i do see them as being a significant distinguisher in your generation just Mm -hmm. specifically in your generation Mm -hmm. um, because it gives you the ability to have grit to have the ability to see new situations and and as you say not uh, entrepreneurship may not be for everybody but mm-hmm. the skills that they're exposed to, like the critical thinking skills and that, that space to come up with different ideas, I see that as, as an incredibly transferable skill, no matter what, no matter yeah. what they choose to do going forward, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I expect that confidence and presentation skills and networking and research, and I'm sure you can give me an even longer list, yeah. correct? <laughs> Yes, it's all, all those skills come into play when with the work that I do and promoting the work to educators and administrators in schools. I mentioned how entrepreneurship, as you said, isn't for everybody. Not everyone's going to start a business in their future, but the skills that they learn from being an entrepreneur and engaging in this cycle are very important to the future and very important to their own personal and professional successes that the students will experience when they're older. So everything is not necessarily about the content that they're producing, but about the process is really important. And that's what 
I'm trying to emphasize with the students that I've been working with recently about the process and what the skills are that you learn along the way. So it's been an exciting process and it's been really meaningful in, in helping foster all these great 21st century transferable skills in mm. young students. And now, are you noticing that patience is something that you have to train them on? Yeah. Like um, the idea that you can come up with an idea today, but it doesn't necessarily launch itself day after yes, tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> um, so just to provide a bit of context to the people listening. So the project I'm doing with the students is a something we call project-based learning in schools. So it's a interdisciplinary project that involves various areas of the curriculum and is centered around a particular theme. And so I'm tying my entrepreneurship lessons to the grade seven language arts curriculum through project-based learning. Mm -hmm. And so the task that the students are, are doing is that they have to create a toy product to be sold and promoted to younger students in their school. And so with this project, we first started, we went through the design thinking stages as a class to get the students to understand the process of entrepreneurship. And so we started with the empathizing stage of design thinking and students weren't what it meant to be an entrepreneur. And they did a research assignment where they researched a famous entrepreneur just to provide a bit of context. Mm -hmm. Then when we really get into it and the students start developing their products, I lead them through different ideation techniques and that's where a lot of the really meaningful learning is happening because the way I present ideation to certain students may not make sense at first. And the, the process of coming up with an idea for their products and the process of interviewing the users so this would be students using their their mm -hmm. toy product mm -hmm. um that's where i can see some frustration coming out in the students and that's where um, the classroom teacher that i'm working with that the students need to learn how to be patient and how to understand that good ideas don't come out of thin air and it takes mm -hmm. a lot of it takes a lot of creativity and a lot of thinking outside of the box to make make create valuable and unique ideas. And I'm and I'm noticing that students start to appreciate that. But of course, at the start, people get frustrated when their idea doesn't work. For example, when the students were making prototypes for the toy product on 3D prototypes that they're going to. 3D print with the school's 3D printer. And so that's part of the entrepreneurship lesson and part of the design thinking lesson is prototyping. And that's an important part of the design process. And I've noticed that students really get stuck on making sure their prototype looks perfect, mm -hmm. making sure just the thing that they're using as a rough sketch, just that looks perfect. And that's a perfect idea. So we really have to try to teach students that things rarely are perfect at first. Never, should I say, never perfect at first. And 
if you learn from the feedback you get when prototyping and learn from your peers, that's when you can improve the process which you're making. So students got discouraged when they weren't happy with their first prototype, but after they got feedback and engaged in a really authentic feedback cycle, we could we could encourage students to make improvements and then they'd start to realize how creating meaningful ideas and meaningful products is a process and it's a long process but when you come up with something that's super creative and innovative it's very rewarding and that's what they're starting to realize so thank you very much for spending this time with me i look forward to continuing to watch your developments over time and hopefully Mm -hmm. come back and visit but meantime if anyone has any ideas on where they can interface with SOAR and learn more about your program, invite you to come and, and hopefully offer the program at their school, their school board, or, you know, as a young person, maybe understand a little bit about entrepreneurship through you, what would be a good place for them to come and visit? Um, so I, think you also had- I, I have my website that I can share. Okay, so SOAR is through www.soaredu.ca. Um, Excellent. I really appreciate you finding the time to talk with me. And uh, thank you hopefully you'll be able to share this podcast with a few people. And I hope that being on the podcast will give you a little more exposure because... I'm um, proud of what you're doing and putting out there in uh, in the community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take care, Henry. Okay, take all care. The best. Thank you. I hope you found this conversation interesting. This short clip is part of a half an hour interview with Henry. The interview is available on my YouTube channel, Tilt the Future. If you get the time to watch it, you may be surprised to find out that Henry is actually still in school. He will be graduating grade 12 in the summer of 2020, and we wish him the best as he adds to his learning through post-secondary education, and I'm sure through the various SOAR projects. You can find out more about his adventures at soaredu.ca. That's S-O-A-R-E-D-U dot C-A. I'm always searching for other young adults to profile in this series of Never Too Young to Lead. So I hope you'll contact me through my website, tiltthefuture.com, and you'll follow this podcast and share it with others. I'm your host, Karina D'Souza, and I'm sure that together we can tilt the future in your favor.